There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day Calling Dick Tracy, calling Dick Tracy The Balonian diamond has just been stolen from the museum Calling Dick Tracy Navigator, pilot, commander, or engineer Okay, next it is my great privilege to introduce a performer I've known for a long, long time W your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 248 for the week of November 13th, 2011. It's time to answer more of your listener emails this week as we look to enhance your enjoyment and appreciation for your next visit to Walt Disney World. Topics include comparing Disney's yacht and beach club resorts, restaurants for picky eaters, the meaning behind a detail at Rock and Roller Coaster, the elusive cream cheese pretzel, celebrating birthdays in Walt Disney World, themed restaurants, staying on versus off-site, the story behind a lost Japan attraction, driving to Disney, and much more. I'll then have a few announcements and play more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. It's always been my goal with the show to share content with you that's valuable, that's going to help you appreciate and enjoy the Disney parks even more and possibly even bring you a little bit of Disney magic in between your trips as well. But I've also said that I want this show to be a two-way conversation and better yet, I want to help you by answering your specific questions about your upcoming vacation, Disney World history, your stories, or everything in between. So when you listen... I want you to feel as though you're sitting around a table at a diner, or maybe Pecos Bills, listening to and talking with your friends about Disney. And if that were the case, someone who would be on her third helping of waffles and sixth glass of Diet Coke would be Becky Mankin. She is the owner of MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, and I love having her here in the virtual diner booth to help answer some of your listener questions and share our tips, advice, and responses. So, welcome back, Becky. Thanks for having me back, Lou. Of course, I don't think it'd be Pecos Bills, though, today. I'm, I'm kind of in a, I don't know, maybe a California grill. I, you know, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how you roll. That's yes. how you roll. But, Becky, unfortunately, our first question is not about our favorite food, but instead about maybe one of our favorite resorts. Because it comes I'm sure we'll get Adam. back to food. I'm sure we will. Adam says, Lou... <laughs> I was listening to podcast number 166 in a discussion with Becky Mankin about resorts. Wow, has it been that long? You listed the Beach Club <laughs> as your favorite, followed by Wilderness Lodge. That has not changed. I have to agree with Wilderness Lodge. My wife and I stayed there on our honeymoon in 2008 and absolutely loved it. But I was interested in why you put the Beach Club at the top. We're planning a trip for 2012. We can't make a trip out there because they went to D23. And they wanted to stay at the Yacht Club. And so they want to know, where does the Yacht Club rank on our list? 
or do I just sort of lump them together? And what do I prefer about the beach club hmm. over the yacht club? And I think it's a, a really interesting question because they are, you know, when you look at literature, you look online, it is normally sort of referred to as Disney's Yacht and Beach Club Resort. It is sort of one large resort, but they are two separate individual hotels with different theming and different architecture. Um, they were designed both by Robert Stern. He is sort of famous for his sort of East Coast beachy looking uh, type of resorts. And the Yacht Club obviously is more of a New England Yacht Club style where the Beach Club is more of a laid back, relaxed, kind of a pastel colored beachy look feel to it um right the interiors are very different though while the exterior building shapes are the same the interiors are different inside the yacht club uh it's the woods are much darker um there's sort of the 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 wicker furniture in the rooms and there's a lot of nautical themes like captain's wheels and portholes and and ship's crew type regalia i could see you know Mr. Mankin walking through in his white slacks and navy blazer and his little captain's hat on. I'm like the skipper from Billions Island. But over at Beach Club, it's a little bit more so that I get, I was almost going to say the Jersey Shore type, but not the MTV Jersey Shore beach, the old style kind of uh, Jersey Shore or even New England shoreline beach town. Again, with those pastel colors, sort of very comfortable uh, cloth chairs and and lighter colors. I, I like... For me, I, I like the coloring. I like the theming of Beach Club just a little bit better. I mean, obviously, they both share Storm Along Bay and they both are right on Crescent Lake. And, you know, the one thing Yachtsman has for it, going for it, although it's just a short walk away, Yachtsman Steakhouse, of course. Um, but I, for me personally, as similar as the resorts are, I like the theming uh, and the feel of Beach Club a little bit better. Interesting, because I'm kind of the opposite in a way. I really enjoy the room decor, the darker woods, and the, and the color palette of the Yacht Club over the Beach Club, personally. Um, the resorts are so close together that it really doesn't matter if you're on one side or the other, for the exception of the Beach Club has an easier walking distance to Epcot, if that's going to be um, you know, something more for you. But it's only, what, about a football field length uh, difference. So one or the other, I... They both share, like you said, um, Stormalong Bay. You can easily get to Beaches and Cream and the and the Yachtsman if you want to dine there. I, I think that it's really a toss-up between the two. It comes down more to personal preference and maybe even, obviously, price. There are times where you'll find um, rates can be a little different between one or the other, depending on the load factor. One of the other things that is a little bit different about Club is that that's where you'll find many of the conventioneers will stay there as well. So you'll you'll see a little bit more of a, a business feel to the Yacht Club side at times when they do have larger conventions in than you will on the Beach Club. But personally, if I'm going just for the decor, I really like the Yacht Club over the Beach Club. But for location, obviously easier walking to uh, to Epcot for the beach. And I think this says a lot about us because I'm more of a laid back, hang out at the beach kind of guy. You're more of a, you know stuffy serve me on my yacht kind of girl which is fine so, wow <laughs> nighttime lounges nighttime lounges martha's mm. vineyard at the beach club cruise cup at yacht club cruise cup hands down see and i like the feel of the sort of the more open uh relaxed you know the chairs and it's a much more sort of open space over at the beach club over at no, martha's vineyard but the the guys over at um oh, at cruise cup make a better sunken treasure 
you know, I'm, I'm I, I preface this segment by talking about <laughs> sharing valuable content to enhance their enjoyment I'm, and appreciation of okay. the resorts and the vacations. You're talking about the guys the and the amount of alcohol they put in their I'm sunken out. treasures. Let me spin this back for a minute. Too because late. Also Adam, I, I hope that was somewhat helpful to you. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Time out. At Yacht Club, you can also eat off of the Yachtsman menu. Okay. And you can also get the, the food. The app, We get a whole interesting line of appetizer menu for bar food, which you really don't get over at Martha's Vineyard. Right, because you can only walk out the door there and, and head on over to Beaches and Cream. So. <laughs> All right. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know what? I, I think... Um, they are so. If you're if you're a yacht club person, you've never stayed at the beach club, or vice versa, it might be something interesting to sort of try the other and see how you like the feel. Yeah, absolutely, and I, you're not going to go wrong with either choice. Absolutely. Uh, Lindsay King asks, "Hey Lou, my boyfriend and I are coming to Walt Disney World. Our flight gets into Orlando at 6 a.m. and I was wondering, can you leave your carry-on items at your hotel? They're staying at Port Orleans Riverside. When you check in, if your room isn't ready." We don't want to have to carry everything around the park with us. And also, if we're able to leave our carry-on items at the resort, would our things be brought to our room along with our luggage? This is such an easy yes. It's yes. You can certainly hand over everything to Bell Services when you get there. They will give you a little tag for a, a receipt, and they'll be glad to take care of your bags until your room is ready and, and your hand, hand carry-on items as well. If you have something a little bit more sensitive like a laptop or something of value in your carry-ons, make sure to let them know to put it in the lock away because they do have a locked area that they can put it in. And then when you return to your room, you just call Bell Services and they'll bring it all up together. And this is one of the services, especially when I used to travel from New Jersey, that I love because when you get to Walt Disney World, you're just so excited. You want to just hit the ground running. Uh, you know, and it's, it's a very easy, quick process. You can literally, as you're getting out of the cab, drop your stuff off at the curb, go check in and move along and get right to the parks and start eating. Absolutely. And it, it's a great service to have, especially when you're arriving that early, when you're uh, going to be landing at 6 a.m. That could have you at the parks at Rope Drop. Absolutely. Perfect. Awesome. Next question is, hello, my name is Margaret, and I've recently started to listen to your podcasts. I'm really impressed with them. They give me so much information at Walt Disney World that try as I may, I can't find anywhere else. Margaret, thank you. I recently heard one of your podcasts on your top 10 restaurants throughout the Walt Disney World parks. I have just one question. I'm going to Walt Disney World, and unfortunately, my brother is a very fussy eater. We've been there twice before, but we find it difficult to find a lot for him to eat. Can you recommend any restaurants which have a variety of choices so my family and I can all enjoy a meal that we'll all like? Thanks in advance. Keep up with the podcast. I can't wait to know more about Walt Disney World. Margaret, Margaret, this is a, uh, again, first, welcome to the WW Radio family. And second, this is a question that we get all the time. And we've talked about in the past about how accommodating Walt Disney World is for special dietary requirements, whether you have an allergy, whether you're vegetarian, vegan, kosher, whatever it might be, they can and they will accommodate you. And even on this type of letter, level, whether you have an adult or a child who's a picky eater, there are a lot of great options as well. And one of the first things that came to my mind were the buffets. Uh, yep. I think that on the buffets, you're going to find something that you like, number one. Most of them include 
some of the basics, you know, chicken fingers or a plain pasta or a meat, whatever it is. If you want to get a little, you know, if you want to sort of get outside your comfort zone, you can try something there too. Um, I started thinking about places like the Crystal Palace inside the park, Cape May Cafe, Trails End over at Fort Wilderness, which is, I love Trails End. It's a great value. Mm-hmm. There's great food, awesome theming, and you can sort of like a nice little afternoon or evening out of it heading out to Fort Wilderness. Right, I totally agree. And the buffets also allow you to um, to really ch- pick and choose. So it's a great for picky eaters. And the other buffet that I tend to like also is Chef Mickey's, along with the um, the others. And even Tusker House, if yeah. you're kind of looking on the other end of it, are are some options. We've also found that with fussy eaters, as long as you kind of stay along the standard American fare, like maybe 1900 Park Fair or the Grand Floridian Cafe, the Kona Cafe. Um, 50s primetime if you're in Hollywood Studios. Those also will offer other options for you. Sticking along the American Fair kind of hits with those fussy eaters. But like you said, the buffets are probably going to be your best choice. Yeah, and I think in the park, there's a couple of other options you can look at as well. Uh, Over in Epcot, in the Land Pavilion, Sunshine Seasons Food Fair has a lot of great options there. Things you can get, you know, hot, cold, or sort of uh, pre-made for you. Cosmic Rays over in the Magic Kingdom, too, because they have all the different bays, you can get more than just hamburgers. There's pulled pork, there's salads, there's sandwiches. So you can all eat in the same place, not necessarily have to pick from the same uh, bay line. And also um, over at Sunset Boulevard, uh, there's a number of options down there as well. If you want a quick counter service on in Hollywood Studios, they have. Now they have three different types of gourmet hot dogs and, and again, pizza and chicken fingers and hamburgers. So there's a lot to choose from. Uh, If you go to a table service restaurant, again, they usually will have some type of a steak, pasta and a chicken dish to choose from Mm -hmm. on the menu. But keep in mind, too, again, just like an analogy, if you want something special, if your kid, if all they eat are chicken fingers at some places, if you ask, they may be able to get those for you, even if it's not on the menu. Also, if they have a, a chicken or a, a pasta, you can ask them to remove the sauce and have it mm-hmm. served plain. The other thing, too, is if you are a very, very fussy or picky eater, again, or have allergies or, or special requirements, you can call ahead. Call Disney ahead of time and let them know that you're coming. And these are the concerns, the questions, the allergies that you have. And they'll try and arrange something for you. And even if you get to a table service or counter service restaurant, you can ask to talk to the chef. The chef will come out speak with you and try and help you out. And the final tip that I have for you is if you have, especially when it comes to children, somebody who is a very, very picky eater, you can and you should bring your own little bag of snacks or juice boxes or whatever it is that you know that they'll eat. So you don't run into a problem if for some reason all he likes is Cheerios and, you know, apple juice, bring it with you. So, you know, you've got something there um, in case they still can't find anything, which I doubt will happen. And what's funny is um, the brother might actually be an adult. So in those cases, even the juice boxes may still work. (laughs) Well, you bring your flask so we know. (laughs) Hey, whoa. It's funny because it's true. All right. Let's (laughs) move on to a question from David and Holly Allen from Fox Lake, Illinois. Who I said, myself get into these things. Um, and this is, I love this question because they sent it from the WW Radio iPhone app from the parks. They said, Lou, we just left the rock and roller coaster and there's signs in the loading area for the Buena Vista Construction Company with a phone number of 544-6500 and they're listed as being 
in business since 1952. Is there any significance of it? Was the Buena Vista Film Distribution Company formed there? And again, that's from David and Holly. Uh, I think it's a great question. I love the fact that you're looking up and around and you're paying attention to the details. As I said, everything has a meaning. Everything has a story for the most part. Um, but yes, this absolutely does have significance. And that number, if you put 818 before it, is actually the telephone number for Walt Disney Imagineering located over at Flower Street in Glendale, California. So since 1952 is when WED was formed. WED was sort of the, the first name for Imagineering, which obviously stood for Walter Elias Disney. So the connection there was obviously put by the Imagineers to pay homage to Imagineering out in California. So basically the rumors are correct, and by rumor I mean Google. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I just hang my head and I shake it back and forth, <laughs> and I move along to Bob and Aaron's questions from Milwaukee, Illinois. They say, hey, Lou, while listening to some older podcasts, my wife and I heard you talk about the ever so delicious cream cheese filled pretzels at Scuttle's Landing. We were lucky enough to try them during our last trip to the Magic Kingdom, and they were wonderful. My question to you is this. Now that Scuttle's Landing has closed for the Fantasyland expansion, is there any other place on Disney property to get the pretzels? I know Disney sometimes uses the same food items at different places throughout the parks. So I was hoping that they might have these somewhere else. I figured if anybody would know, it would be you. I'm going to take that as a compliment as, a, as opposed to looking at your physique, <laughs> Lou. If anybody knew where the sweet cream cheese pretzels were, it would be you. They love the show, telling us to keep up the great work. Um, Becky, now I know you have never partaken in the, the simple joy and the in-park pleasure that is a sweet cream cheese pretzel. I don't even know you anymore. But. You know what? Honestly, here's the problem. I forgot to eat before we started recording. I'm <laughs> just saying. Could, if you could pull yourself away from the private Napa room at California Grill for just five wow. minutes and join me in the parks, <laughs> I will actually buy you not only a sweet cream cheese pretzel, but you got to try the jalapeno cheese oh, pretzel. See. All right, I'm not so, a jalapeno wait. guy, but right. Galbert, you know the whole, you might be the guy, but you know. You got to listen, uh, expand your culinary horizons. Try, I'm telling you, I'll pull up a garbage can pail and we'll try it out. But <laughs> so and again, at, the time, at the time of this recording, because again, it does change, the lunching pad in tomorrow does sell the elusive sweet cream cheese pretzel and the jalapeno pretzel, which you can and should try. I know you can get over at uh, Animal Kingdom. I believe it's on the walkway in between Africa and Asia. Again, they add and they change and they move some of these places all around, uh, but I know they Ill are still available inside the parks, and oh, they are such pretzely, cheesy goodness. So. That sounds really good. Okay, that's going to be, that's on the list. It's on, add it to the list. It's on the list. All right. Next question says, hey, Lou, and maybe Becky. She wrote it, not me. I have a quick <laughs> question about celebrations at Walt, Walt Disney World. My family, including my husband's parents, sister, and nieces and nephew, will be traveling to Walt Disney World for our first trip during the holiday season this December. We're checking out on the 12th, just missing my father-in-law's birthday by four days. So I was wondering what kind of time limits there are on the celebrations. Can we still, air quote, celebrate his birthday, even though it won't have happened yet? I think he'll really get a kick out of some extra Disney magic while we're there. Thanks for taking the time to put out such a great podcast. Really enjoyed listening to it. God bless. That comes from Andrea Harbin. So Andrea, oh. so my, my feeling about this is, is, is this. 
I think at Disney, I think the your sort of your window of opportunity to celebrate a birthday is three months before and three months after. If you're at Disney World during that time, go get your birthday button. They're not going to ask you for any sort of form of identification. Uh, and like at Disney World, I think you can and should celebrate your birthday for 18 months. <laughs> I was going to say, missing it by only four days, slap on the birthday button and celebrate. Because personally, I generally think the month of your birthday is is okay. So you're just a little bit more liberal on your on your time <laughs> policy than I am. But if it's within that month, go for it. Absolutely. Enjoy. Enjoy it. Let everybody know and treat every day as if it's your birthday or your unbirthday, whatever it might be. Absolutely. If it's not your birthday, it's your unbirthday. So there's always something to celebrate at Disney World. Awesome. Becky, I, I promise you, I do not try and put these questions in any sort of specific order. But our next question is about food and actually comes <laughs> from a young listener. Says, hey, Why are Lou? the food ones getting me in trouble well, today? Well, listen, you dig your own grave. <laughs> Natalie says, I'm 13 and I love the show. Just wondering, what is your favorite themed restaurant and why? So a few shows ago, uh, back on show 226, that was June 12th of 2011, we talked about our favorite or sort of our top 10 restaurants with the best ambiance. That, to me, is different than theming. I think ambiance can be different because one could be romantic, one could be fun, one could be loud, one could be whatever it might be. But I think when you talk about theming, there are some incredibly themed, and this certainly could be a top 10 or top 75 for the show. But I'll let you go first so you can, uh, once again, get yourself in trouble. Best wow. themed. Give me, even if it's top two or top three, themed restaurants wow. in the world and why. Well Ah, all right. This one is hard because like you said, ambiance kind of plays in, into it. But if you're just trying to go for straight theming, okay. Do you want me to help you out here? Do you need, do you need well, some guidance? Well, I'm thinking, believe it or not, the one that I'm, I always gravitate food and, and not, not for the food per se, but it's not that it's bad food. It's just maybe not my favorite, but for theming, I love Ohana. Okay. I do. Aside from the awesome multicolored beverages with little umbrellas. Okay. Again, <laughs> you get, open mouth, insert foot, and alcoholic I beverage. did not say – hey, <laughs> again, grenadine is red. It doesn't mean to be adult. Anyway, you get kind of a show and the fun family atmosphere, and you get the, the kids can get involved and, um, you know, the, the singer that walks around. I just, I just really like the atmosphere of – the Polynesian atmosphere. So I think that, that Ohana kind of sticks out in my mind for, for theming, I guess. And of course, there's always Cinderella's royal table. It's in a oh, castle. Sorry, stop on. going! Don't you can't do the honorable mentions yet. And so for me, what? Th the first uh -huh. one that came to mind, uh, okay. and this is actually where I thought you were going to go because I think unfortunately it's gotten a bad rap, and I think it's changed. I think the, especially with the recent menu changes over the years, uh, I actually like the food there. But for all around immersive, you know, dropping you into another place in time, surrounded by it. Top to bottom from cast members. You're going to say the dinosaur place, aren't you? I am not going to say. <laughs> and by the way, Becky, it's not known as the dinosaur place. Steve Shusler is is cringing as he listens. It's known as T-Rex Cafe. And although you know it is very I well themed, you don't feel as though to a certain degree that you are in, you know, you, you're not three million years ago in the Cretaceous period, although that ice room <laughs> is pretty cool. But when you walk past the... Um, the, the sets, the, the behind the sets, and you step into and on stage at the sci-fi drive-in theater at Hollywood uh, Studios, you 
believe that you are in the 50s in Southern California at an outdoor movie theater at night with the B-movies playing and the music and you sit in an old-style car like an old convertible kind of Cadillac and the the picnic tables in the back and the snack bar and they're on roller skates. and It is such a well-themed restaurant. It's so much fun. Uh, I, I, I totally like that sort of immersive environment that they put you in there. Um, and you get a little, you get a free movie too. You know, that's a really good choice. I, I will tell you that you're right on the food part. It has gotten a bad rap over the years. And we have to add this one to the list again because uh, confession time. I haven't been, I haven't been in there. I have not been in there for 10 years. Come on. Seriously. Next time you come down, me and you. We're going there. I was almost going to say backseat. Me and you in the front seat, baby, at <laughs> Sci-Fi Dining. But, All right. I, you're but, on. You're on. But so I have to, one. because. Okay. What else? Because I have to throw in honorable mentions, I'm going to. As long as we're over in Hollywood Studios, if you like great theming and you like awesome comfort food, and again, cast members here completely rock, you walk in to 50s Primetime Cafe, you are in my grandmother's house from the 1950s. That was my my other one that I had listed too, just because they are so... The characters are incredible. There's nothing like being yelled at to eat your eat your peas, and I just I really enjoy that restaurant. It's one of my favorites. You can to- it's one of those it's almost interactive theater because they mm-hmm. they totally buy into the fact that you're their cousin, you're in their kitchen, uh, and and they sell it, and they really it, you know listen when you have to get up and sing, I'm a little teapot. That that's gold right there, uh, <laughs> and the food is awesome. The food, fried chicken, meatloaf, just down-home, good American comfort food. Actually, going back to our question about the the picky eater, that's another great place as well. Two other Mm -hmm. quick mentions inside the parks. I think Yak and Yeti over at Animal Kingdom is incredibly well-themed, has a a detailed storyline that follows behind it. And as you walk through and look at the different rooms, uh, if you pay close attention to the details, even the differences in the seats and the lighting fixtures and the broken down walls, you really get a sense of the story that's being told there. And last but certainly not least, sit down at restaurant, different story depending on where you sit. And for parents who are taking their kids out of school, learning opportunities abound over at the Liberty Tree Tavern in Liberty Square. Seven different themed rooms, themed to American Patriots, Betsy Ross, Benjamin Franklin, one of my favorite rooms, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. There is story and details and theming and fireplaces in there as well. So you can, I, I know you don't know who any of those people are, but in American <laughs> history, they were really important. So you can learn, you can eat, Ow. and the, the tri-corner sandwich and the pot roast and dinner time, family style. I dig Liberty Tree Tavern. And I'll see. And then that takes me back to the Cinderella's Royal Table choice because I really love the theming of being in the castle. I see? love sitting by the windows. I you want love, to be on what? your yacht. You want to be in your castle. <laughs> telling. Oh. <laughs> oh, let's not analyze this. Just just go back to the fact that you've got wonderful theming and the princesses come walking through to the tables. And I just I love the atmosphere of Cinderella's Royal Table for obvious reasons now, apparently. Because right, you're a queen. All right, moving on to Rich, <laughs> Sh- Rich Schmalt's question from Mason, <laughs> Ohio. He said, Lou, in parentheses, and Becky, I tried, to, I tried, but I could not figure out how to make this question less complicated. Sorry. No need to oh, apologize, wow. Rich. We're, we'll, we got this. 
My wife and I and our sons usually drive to the world from our home just outside Cincinnati, 14 hours oy away. His word, not mine. Typically, in order to maximize park time, we've driven to Ocala, which is about an hour away, then stayed the night, got up early in the morning to finish the trip, and arrive at Walt Disney World with enough time to check in and get to the parks shortly after they open. We also do a similar return trip. The advantage is basically that we don't lose any park time for travel as we maximize the park time on our arrival departure days. Now onto my question. The arrival of our third child, who will be two when we return to Walt Disney World, has led to our decision to make two days out of the trip instead of a one-day long drive. Since we'll have two shorter driving days, I figured we could make it all the way to Orlando on day two, just stay outside the parks in a cheap motel the night before we hit the parks. Some quick research shows that the cost of the value resorts might make it more practical for us to stay at one of them instead. We would then get up, move to our official Disney vacation at either Port Orleans French Quarter or Wilderness Lodge. Besides the cost and slightly closer proximity to our final resort destination, are there any other advantages to doing that, like luggage transfers, etc.? I should add that we plan to be there for nine nights. We'll already be purchasing 10-day passes, just in case we had a suggestion about checking it early. Boy, I hope this makes sense, says Rich. Um, I think that's actually a great question. And Rich, hmm. it's also one that you are not alone. Uh, I think people sometimes arrive at Walt Disney World, sometimes at odd hours. And they say, well, does it make sense for me to get a hotel and, you know, spend X amount of dollars at Yacht Club if I'm just going to get there at 11 o'clock at night and go to sleep? So, Becky, what do you think about either staying at an, uh, you know, an inexpensive motel the night before versus maybe coming and staying at one of the value resorts? Wow. You know, personally, I'm all about being in the magic. So, especially when you're if you're traveling during times like in, in the low season when the rates can be really low and actually can be less than you'll find some of the off-property resorts that are close, the benefit is that if you can find a, a value resort at that $80 or less per night, which sometimes you, we find it down to $60, um, you can check in that night. You'll have a room ready. You can rest, have your luggage transferred to another hotel if you are staying somewhere else besides the value resort for the the balance of the nights and then enjoy the parks all day without having to really worry about moving you just have your luggage transferred and then show up at the new resort and then check in there and you've got a room ready so i I think that saving a few dollars if you're talking the difference between seventy dollars a night and seventy five dollars a night um, it might not. It might be more convenient to spend that extra five dollars and have that moving. Plus, for me, I guess I, I really do enjoy the benefits of of being right there in the magic. Believe it or not, Becky, I actually agree with everything that you said. Um, no way. Yeah. <laughs> there, the, when you go to Walt Disney World, I, I really do believe that there is something special about staying at the resorts. And this too, Rich. When you get there, again, I'm assuming you're not arriving at 3 o'clock in the morning, so you might get to the resort, check in, and then have time to wander around, take a look over yeah. at Pop Century, go see some of the icons, go to um, you know, the, the main hall and either get something to eat or do a little shopping or go check out the pool, whatever it is. And I think you're right, that sort of initial stepping foot, that immersion into the magic, as opposed to finding a motel and then getting up and then driving in and just sort of moving everything, uh, there is also the convenience factor but I think there is that intangible thing, too. And again, you can enjoy that resort for a few hours that night before you move over. Even if, you know, if your wife is in there 
with your uh, with you know with your youngest child, and maybe you want to take the other kids out and walk around, or go to the arcade, or go look around, whatever it might be. I think it's a great way to get them excited for that early morning rope drop. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. Amanda says, hey, Lou, I had a question regarding the Japan Pavilion at Epcot, and I don't know whether you covered it in the World Showcase that never was, Wayback Machine, on show number 105. I heard that they were planning to include the Meet the World attraction from Tokyo Disneyland to the Japan Pavilion, but it was stopped because of the sensitive subject of U.S.-Japanese relations during World War II in the show. I heard they even built the building to house the show. Which building in the pavilion was going to be the show building, and is there any chance we may see the attraction like that in the future? I hope I can get around to coming to a meet of the month one of these times. Great show, says Amanda. So, Amanda, we actually did talk about this back on show 105. We talked about World Showcase It Never Was. We also talked about it when I did a, a really detailed look at the Japan Pavilion. I'll put a link to that um, in this week's show notes. That is, uh, I believe that's show 32, going way back to 2007. Uh, I, first things first, uh, you, you talk about why you think it wasn't built because of, of sensitivity and subject matter. Uh, I don't believe that that is actually why it wasn't built. I think there are a lot of other factors that go into it as well. Certainly, uh, economics play a large role in that as well. But yeah, the, the, the show building is actually still there. And I, I've talked at length about how much I love the design and the architecture and the story behind the Japan Pavilion. But if you walk straight through to the back of the pavilion, going into the Mitsukoshi department store, as you start to pass through those gates, look up and really get a sense of how big that building is, because that fortress building was actually going to house this meet the world attraction. And it was actually very close to having that show implemented that the show building was put in. They built the rotating platform in it but they never actually used it for the show. Um, there was also some changes. It may not have been called Meet the World. It may have been called Meet the pa- Meet Japan, because again, Meet the World does actually play overseas. Uh, the Sherman Brothers actually wrote the original song. They revised the song for the, a Meet Japan attraction. Um, they had sort of the same melody as it. Uh, it did close over in Japan. There was some speculation that when it did, it might come over to Japan over at World Showcase. Obviously, that has not happened as yet. I would love, 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 even more so than a Mount Fuji roller coaster to see an attraction like Meet the World or Meet Japan that really showcases uh, the the history and the culture of Japan. And I've learned something today. (laughs) Just one? Just one? That's all you've learned is just one thing? That you actually saw something else in Japan besides the sushi place. I did. I saw Yakitori House. I saw (laughs) Tepeto. Listen, I, I again, if you go back to that show, you will hear me talk about my love of Japan uh, over and over again. I think yeah. the, uh, you know, the, the koi pond and the waterfalls and the taiko drummers and, and the, the, the cultural history and the significance of the architecture that's there, even Mitsukoshi and mm-hmm. on a much more simpler level, the view from uh, Teppan Edo, if you time it just right outside of a world showcase, one of the best places to watch illuminations. It's from the you know like, window spot. What I really enjoy is the music. Yeah. I like walking around the pavilion and the music is so wonderfully relaxing. And from the view, it's I, it's one of my very favorite pavilions. Even after that scary experience that you had there with me, when you were what? amazed at how much sushi a little man like me can consume in such a short amount of time. Wow. Yeah. I got to bring a bigger <laughs> credit card um, for that one because I looked away 
you had like 24 pieces of no, oh. you had like 24 pounds of sushi the sitting in front of you. Roll and, and the volcano roll, yeah, I, some ice I green away. tea. Oh. I looked back, it was gone. And that was. Are you sure you weren't feeding somebody under the table? Because I swear that was <laughs> that was uh, yeah I, yeah that's that's my thing. But yeah, you sit me. in that corner spot by the window on a beautiful night. Um, they have great desserts. They get a little sake, maybe. It's all yeah. good. And you know what I think is that that um, that restaurant, uh, Tokyo Dining, is actually one of the most overlooked um, restaurants in that area because so many people are so focused on going to Teppanito that you kind of forget that the Tokyo Dining side is there, and it really is a, a great experience. And I think people too say, "Oh, it's Tokyo Dining. It's all sushi. It's raw fish. They're just going to chop up an octopus and throw it on my plate." Not at all. Um, oh. There is lots of, of great food in there, and most of it's actually cooked. So, whether it's Yummy. tempura, yeah. So, so we took we took a question about the pavilion, turned it to food again. All right, I think we should move on. You turn it to food, <laughs> and we will continue turning it to food because Wesley, Vicky, and William Wright from the great town of Starksboro, Vermont, which I assume is great, said, "Hey Lou, my wife, nine-year-old son, and I are traveling from Vermont to Walt Disney World via Amtrak. Love it." And staying at the Dolphin for free using Starwood Rewards Points. Yippee, he says. We have a 730 <laughs> ADR at, wait for it, the California Yum. Grill. Yum. <laughs> we understand, I think this is tongue-in-cheek, we understand that you spent a little bit of time there, so we have a few <laughs> questions. Number one, and we'll hit these one at a time. 730 <laughs> ADR, fireworks at 10. We'd like to watch the show from the outdoor balcony. We don't think we'll have any trouble. I'm laughing because I know where this is going. We don't think we'll have any trouble stretching our meal out to two and a half hours. Stretching to two and a half hours. Dude, that's appetizer time. Yeah. But just in case, do you have tips for lingering longer? For those of you who may not have heard a past show, Becky and I enjoyed a six and a half hour meal at California Grill. It was not like, oh, can I have a little extra cup of water? No. What oh, we did, we started off, we had... <clears throat> Becky might have had two or three but we started off with a, a drink before dinner and then we ordered an appetizer and then another and then we got our meal and we had dessert and then coffee and then a, an after dinner port or a wine or something whatever it was and there was no sense of rush they did not try and get us out you know the waiter the, the waiter and, and the staff were so wonderful and accommodating to make sure we had everything we wanted, to let us feel relaxed there and sit as long as we want. We watched the fireworks uh, and, and really had, it was a beautiful evening. It really was. So I don't think a two and a half hours, especially if you're doing um, appetizers, your entree, dessert, it, you're going to do that in two and a half hours. It's That's not going to be a problem for you to meet that. However, let's say that you're in a rush or you decide that you're done and you don't want to hold the table, you don't have to worry about lingering there because if you want to watch from the balcony, you can actually return and show your receipt uh, at the at the desk, at the check-in desk, and you can go right back up and view the fireworks from the balcony. Now, my one bit of advice, and I'm sure you know this already because your son is nine years old, so you know better than I do. Um, the one thing I would bring along with me is probably an iPhone or an iPad. Uh, download Where's My Water and give it to your nine-year-old son because if you say, oh, by the way, son, we're going to dinner for six hours, you <laughs> might get a little pushback there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Where's My Water? Awesome. All right, question two. We know, we know that there is a show kitchen, but we can't recall if there's a show kitchen counter seating of any sort or if we're confusing our memories with, an, with Napa Rose. But if there is a kitchen view and we have a choice, kitchen view or window view? 
I say hmm, yes. Well, you, I say either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You can sit at the counter near the kitchen. They, they do, and I, I know what you're saying about Napa Rose. Um, they do have a counter area where you can sit there and watch the live kitchen, which is very cool, by the way. Um, the high floors offer wonderful views of, of uh, the Disney World property from most of the seats in the restaurant. So I don't think you're going to go wrong either direction. And uh, like we said, if you're if you're trying to be there for fireworks, you can go out on the balcony and, and watch it if you're sitting at the kitchen view. So uh, either. <laughs> I love the window view for the atmosphere. I love the kitchen view for watching the kitchen and what's going on there. So uh, it's a toss up. Yeah, I mean, if you you know if you want to sort of be in the middle of the action and, and be around, and, and when I say that's sort of the hustle and bustle, but sort of watch the action of the kitchen, uh, it's a very different experience than <laughs> if you do get to sit by a window. You know, the one thing I felt was no matter how crowded the restaurant felt, you sort of are in your own little world out there uh, because you you are sort of butting up against the window and you've got that view of the Magic Kingdom, even if it's not during fireworks. Seeing the castle and seeing Space Gorgeous. Mountain and, and Astro Orbiter moving around, it's a beautiful view from there. So um, I'm sort of partial more so towards the window view. Um, unless you go alone, I, I would say... There you go. And I have. And I, sitting up at the uh, at the kitchen is a great option as well. And you don't need a totally reservation good. to sit at the at the uh, at the bar. True. Question three. After the fireworks, we're heading quote unquote home to the Dolphin. Epcot closes at night at nine that night for illuminations. If we take a monorail to the Epcot parking lot, will they just let us walk to the Dolphin? Can we still catch a bus to the Dolphin from there? Or should I just listen to my wife? I'm going to just say listen to your wife. And listen take, to your wife. <laughs> take the ever so plebeian bus direct to the Dolphin from the Magic Kingdom. Listen to your wife. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, listen to your There's wife all... is always going to be the right answer. Even if it's not it's... listen to her, say just make it be her suggestion. Deanna has, has trained you well. Just, you know. Side comment, but there's also taxi too that's going to be right there. You can take from uh, from Epcot if you want to go that direction. But the bus would be fine. So you don't want to walk. So yeah, if it's after the fireworks. So and again, they said the fireworks were at ten. So by the time they get there, it wouldn't be till um, if Epcot closes at nine, they might not. That might not even be an option. Yeah, because you can't go back through the gate um, after that certain point. So I would just say, listen to your wife. Listen to your wife. I'm trying to think of some other way that they can get there that would be like nice and romantic. Like I was like, oh, take a bo- take a boat over to Wilderness Lodge and then go have you know uh, a drink over at Wilderness Lodge somewhere. But of course, you have your son with you, and that's say, Oh, but I think you have to just yeah, listen to your wife. Yeah, listen to your wife. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Marissa from Moxville, North Carolina says hi, Lou and Becky. If she's there, I'd love to hear your thoughts on driving. If- to Walt if. Disney World. I'd love to hear Becky's thoughts on driving all the way from Seattle. Do you have any suggestions <laughs> for passing the time aside from listening to your podcast, which we already plan to do? My husband and I will be driving down from North Carolina this October, and while we have our own little rituals that make the nine-hour drive go by quicker, such as looking for landmarks along the way or marking important milestones in the journey, like finally crossing the Florida border or hitting I-4, I'm always open to new and exciting ways to pass the time. We've been known to play impromptu games of Disney 20 questions, and I positively live to stump my husband. So any other game ideas would be great, too. We've already used both of your trivia books on past trips and practically know them by heart. What do you suggest? They don't have any kids, but they're kids at heart. 
And I'm sure the listeners would love to hear suggestions for both kids and adults. Thanks so much, Marissa. Marissa, as somebody who drove at least once a year, not drove, but I was in the back seat, coming from New Jersey to Florida, uh, I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that getting there really is half the fun. Um, I, I would have said not in a self-serving kind of way, but I wrote the trivia books and designed them in the question and answer format to do just that. Again, I wrote the book that I wish I would have had when I was a kid so I could have played with my parents. And, and I've written the questions in a way that they are accessible for kids and adults as well. And because they're multiple choice, uh, it makes it easy. And you can sort of learn and get ready along your way. Um, if you have an iPhone or an iPad, the Disney World Trivia iPhone app, the same kind of thing. You can play um, just using the app instead of having to uh, bring those well, and it's been updated, by the way, with more recent questions. But um, what else? There's, of course, there's always Celebrations Magazine. Uh, there's the audio guides to Walt Disney World. Um, Mouse Fan Travel has some sort of entertaining bingo game that you could play in the car or something. What What would you do? What do you suggest, Becky? <laughs> well, for me, obviously, catch up on the podcasts is is the thing that I do when I travel back and forth. Now, I'm not driving, obviously. I'm sitting in a plane, usually for six hours one way and the other, but it's always podcast catch up and or now thanks to you angry birds um <laughs> so where's my water I, i'm telling you i i know and i i guess i should actually kind of I, I should support the the company at this point right so my husband says i should probably play where's my water as well so uh, between those uh, well here's something in the, the trivia games yeah it's, a, it, it's about playing drive. games it's about having fun okay I even do this with my kids in the car when I pick them up from school. Obviously, uh, I'm a total nerd, so my iPhone device has only Disney music and 80s music on it. My kids will have no idea what, what she-bop or sunglasses at night <laughs> means. But what I do do is I load it up with music from the parks and the movies, and we play a game where I'll start playing a segment of the song and have them identify what attraction it's from. Name that tune. There you go. Awesome. I, I wasn't going to infringe on copyrights by calling it Name That Tune, <laughs> but it is naming that melody from a Disney name movie. Or that, that name Disney that Disney note. Song. So, Got it. Um, there's lots of fun stuff, but here's a great opportunity. So what I'd love the listeners to do is if you guys have your rituals or your games or things that you do, do you play, you know, look, when I was a kid, going way back, you know, we didn't have DVD players. We didn't have iPads. We didn't have, I think we just started getting books at that time. We would do things like the serial game and, you know, car bingo and stuff like that. But what do you do? And, and maybe how do you bring Disney into your drive down, up, or over to Walt Disney World, please come to this week's show notes over at www.radio.com. Leave your comments, leave your thoughts there about the games and the things that you do for the long car ride to and from Walt Disney World. Sounds like a great plan. And with that, yes. Becky Mankin, I think that's a great way to end this segment by, again, wanting to involve listeners in things that they do, things that they enjoy, and ways that they make their Walt Disney World vacation even better. And if they're looking to go to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise Line, any and all of the above, obviously, I'm sure your and my recommendation is to visit you and your incredibly wonderful and lovely team of agents over at mousefantravel.com. You guys, and I mean this sincerely, you do rock and you do get the best discounts. And you're so nice. Everybody's so nice. I don't know how you do it. I don't know what sort of you infuse in the coffee there. But everybody is so nice. I, and that's what it's all about. I have an awesome team. I have a 
absolute awesome team. I couldn't do what I do without them. And we just love and live to spread the magic. And are you still doing the offer where for every vacation they get a mouse fan flask to bring to the... No? That, that's over. Sorry. Okay. That's over. <laughs> wow. But you can't... <laughs> wow. Um, no, but, but, but through the end of the year, you know what we are doing? What? We are, for every vacation booked with us, not just the Disney vacations, as you know, we do more than just Disney. We specialize in Disney, but we do all cruise lines, all vacation destinations, even Vegas, Lou. Hello. (laughs) So for for every single trip that's booked with us through the end of the year, through 12, 31, 11, that's where we are now. We're going, wow, 2011. Anyway, we are giving a donation, making a donation to the Dream Team Project. I see. And that, that's why I love these people. Because you not only are good people, but you're good-hearted. And I love what you do for not just the Dream Team, but other aspects of the Disney community as well. So I'm very grateful to that. I'm grateful to you, Becky Mankin, for coming back, sharing some of your love uh, of Disney with me. And as a side you know, thing, we, we have like three more dates for food, which is even better. I know. That's why I love these segments so much. Sci-fi, because all of a sudden, I've got more pretzels. to the list. <laughs> oh, pretzels, cheese, pretzels. That sounds so good. Gotta try it. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Please come by, comment on this week's show. Any questions you might have or advice that you may want to share with us over at the show notes for show number 248, come to the website at wdwradio.com. Click on the podcast link and click on show 248. There you can leave your comments. Keep the conversation going there. While you're there, be sure and check out our daily blog posts. Lots of great content coming from our contributors. We've got the WDW Radio Exchange, Surviving the Disney Addicted Spouse, Preparing Your Kids for the Disney Park, an interview with Disney legend Charles Ridgway. That's a video that I took during Walt Disney World's 40th anniversary. We also have postcards for the troops, the radio newswire, giving teens their space at Epcot, and lots more. Again, you can find that right on the homepage of WDWRadio.com. You can also check out our discussion forums be part of the wdw radio family meet other listeners and disney enthusiasts over at the discussion forums lots more there as well also again i want the show to be interactive if you have a question you want me to answer on an upcoming episode you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com or call the voicemail be heard on the air call 407-900-9391 that's 407-900-wdw1 in addition to the podcast. Be sure and come by every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for our weekly live video broadcast and chat over at wdwnewscast.com. There you can watch, chat, ask and answer questions and be part of our discussion of this week's Walt Disney World News. If you can't make it live, you can catch the video on our YouTube channel. Go and subscribe over at youtube.com slash wdwradio to be automatically notified when I post a new video or on the WW Radio blog, or I'll also post the audio in the iTunes feed as well. Speaking of community, I want to thank everybody who came by the meet of the month today over at Downtown Disney. We enjoyed wandering around uh, Festival of the Masters. 
next month's meet in December. It's going to be early in December. Uh, stay tuned to Twitter for updates or visit DisneyMeets.com for the link there for more information about the December meet, the January meet, and the Facebook event pages where you can RSVP as well. The holidays are coming up, and don't forget our limited edition new holiday book from Celebrations Magazine. It's a hardbound issue that's going to feature more than 120 pages of photographs of Disney Christmas magic, hundreds of photos, behind-the-scenes stories from Jim Corcus and me and others about the holiday celebrations at Walt Disney World, lots more. You can pre-order now for just $19.95 plus shipping. You'll be able to get it in time for Christmas. Again, it is a limited edition, so if you want your copy, you want to get it in time for the holidays, order now because once they are gone, they are gone and they are going fast. For more information, you can visit celebrationspress.com. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel's Becky Mankin, who you heard from on this week's episode. They are, of course, my official travel provider. To find out more about how they can help you plan your next Disney vacation, or if you want a free quote to come on the WDW Radio Cruise aboard the Disney Dream just under a year from now, November 4th through the 8th, visit them over at mousefantravel.com. When you're coming down to Walt Disney World, maybe you want something like a condo or a seven-bedroom home AllStarVacationHomes.com has more than 150 homes with private pools, spas, kitchens, game rooms, multiple master bedrooms. It was our home base during the 40-hour show. Lots of room to spread out and enjoy really a vacation when you come down to Walt Disney World. So bring the extended family, bring Grandma, and check it out over at AllStarVacationHomes.com. If you want to stay right in the heart of Walt Disney World and enjoy 17 world-class restaurants and lounges, oh, how I love Todd English's Blue Zoo, the steaks over at Shula's, the Mandara Spa, and of course, the oh-so-comfortable heavenly beds. Visit swananddolphin.com. As always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links to your favorite episodes on Facebook or Google+, and come by, review and rate the show and the iPhone apps over at iTunes. Very, very much appreciated. Also, I want you to remember that there is no time like right now to start pursuing your passion. So be positive, get motivated, and start to follow your dream. Do what you love each and every day, and then do something for somebody else as well. Thank you again so very much for taking the time and tuning in. I really, really do appreciate it. So until next time, remember, always keep moving forward. Have a great week, everybody. See ya. Lou, it's Kyle, and my family flew down uh, here to Walt Disney World yesterday, and, you know, today was our first day in the Magic Kingdom, we just had done watching wishes, and just wanted to come on and thank you for the podcast, helping us stay close to the world when we're so far away from it, you know, Michigan is pretty far away, so, alright, well, I just wanted to come on here and say hi, bye. Hey, Lou, this is... Paul and Lisa from Montgomery, Alabama, now on the forum. We're driving down I-75 on our way to Orlando, and we're driving along, must have been some place uh, where they had a wildfire because we could smell smoke, and all of a sudden I said, oh, that reminds me of, and we both go Rome burning at the same time. So just one of those instances of what it smells remind you of, of Walt Disney World. Anyway, we are an hour away from Walt Disney World, and uh, we can throw a Merry Christmas party Friday night and 
then Food and Wine Festival on Saturday. Have a great time. Looking forward to having a good time this weekend. Talk to you all later. And hey, shout out to my Deck 7 Pete. Bye. Hey, Lou, Jen Tremley from Bristol, Connecticut, calling to say hi. Uh, just listened to the last two shows, uh, 246, Top 10 Spooky Places in Disney, and uh, show 247, which was your interview with Alex Mayer. Um, awesome, awesome shows. Um, I uh, like it when you interview different folks uh, from from the uh, company, from no matter which uh, you know position they work in. Um, it's just fun to listen to. Uh, you can really hear your passion uh, when you're talking to these folks and interviewing them, and you can also hear their passion um, come across, even though it's an audio podcast. Um, they really love what they do, and you can really get that and sense that when you're listening um, to one of these um, interviews that you do. Um, I personally have not had the opportunity to meet with any of the Disney artists um, it's a yet for me. Hopefully one of these days I will get a chance to go to a signing uh, or something like that. Um, I, I do love the uh, Disney artwork, uh, huge collector of that, huge collector of vinyls, uh, huge collector of pins. Um, so I do appreciate uh, everything that the Disney artists and the Disney design group do. Um, I'm a huge collector of anything and everything Disney. So um, anything that gets put out, uh, whether it's a painting on the wall down to a little pin, um, I thoroughly appreciate the artwork and appreciate what the artists uh, put into uh, each piece to make it such uh, uh, you know a magical thing for us uh, Disney uh, junkies um, you know and, and collectors so again uh, Lou great 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 shows this week uh, congratulations on winning the best travel podcast again I voted for you several times and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to meet up one of these days. I look forward to listening to more shows, and thank you very much again for everything that you do. Uh, take care, and have a great week. You've got a friend.